Good morning, One Heart Church. Welcome to our first video message. We're going to hear a great word this morning from Pastor Rob on victory. So put some worship music on, sit down, grab your Bible and a pen or your phone and enjoy. Well, hi everyone. Welcome to One Heart Church. Um, what a challenging time we're, we're going through right now. Uh, we can't do church like we have been used to at the moment, but uh, we're hoping to reach others even more than we have before and uh, hope that uh, you get something great out of today's service. Thanks to all our department leaders and ministers. I want to say a great big shout out to all those people who put, uh, have put, helped us put together a strategy to keep everyone connected throughout this uh, season of unknowns. Um, also a great big thank you to everyone who's been uh, continuing to sow into the life of the church with your tithes and offerings and your giving. Uh, we greatly appreciate your commitment to the Lord and to One Heart Church here. We want to really honour you and thank you for staying with us in this season. I really believe and I'm excited about um, uh, when we come back, to, when everything comes back to normality that we'll be stronger, better and bigger than we ever have been before. So uh, stay with us, stay tuned. And I know we're doing things differently, but at least we're able to you know, get the message out. We're able to preach, we're able to minister to you. And uh, I'm believing that God is going to do something great in this message this morning. I'm really excited for what God's given me. Just a couple of announcements before we move on. Um, uh, there's a national call to pray Um specifically about the COVID-19 situation, 7 p.m. every day, join uh, with other believers all over the country praying for a miracle, praying that God will uh, you know, take it away, do something great. But uh, also there's a national day of prayer, uh, prayer and fasting this Sunday, all day. So if you can join with us to pray and fast for our nation, pray and fast for the world, that would be great. Um, if we can't go to church, we can still stay home and pray. So I invite you to join us for a special time of prayer on Sunday. Uh, and also please note that uh, all our church activities and gatherings, um, everything has been cancelled until further notice. Uh, we want to comply with the, uh, the the rules that are in place right now because we want everyone to stay safe and we want to give uh, the best possible chance for us to uh, beat this um, COVID-19. So I wanted to start uh, today with a, a word of encouragement. And I, I've got to say, uh, this is the most embarrassing uh, thing that I've done for a very long time, is to talk into a camera with no one around. But uh, be kind to me. We're learning and I think we're going to uh, develop this as we go with uh, uh, learning what, what we've done wrong tonight. And we'll fix that up as we go along over time. But uh, in this climate where we can't go to church, we appreciate what a blessing it is to have church. So if you're thinking, hey, you know, I just took church for granted, then uh, hopefully you get a new perspective, a new, uh, a new appreciation for, the, for being able to go to church. Uh, we're all going to have to adapt to a new normal from now on. And having Sunday gatherings as our primary contact point, um, we've had to develop other ways so that we can still uh, preach the word of God, minister to people in a meaningful and uh, powerful way. And I believe we will uh, even through today's message. Um, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So I want to encourage you to connect with two other people, uh, at least two other people, every week during this COVID-19 period and uh, make, make it um, a three. 
that is a formidable front. You and two other people connect by phone, social media, other ways, other than just face to face like we've been used to. Um, in Matthew 18 verse 20, it says this, and it's a promise from Jesus, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. So I want to encourage you to find two other people and be a positive three. Build each other up, support, pray, uh, believe together, uh, believe for God to use you through this time. Make the most of this social distancing time. And uh, it, although we uh, can't physically be together, let's go somewhere different, somewhere uh, th that we've never been before, I, I guess, and build social connections. I'm just suggesting two, maybe three people, three would be great, and uh, live out Ecclesiastes 4.12, and let's see what God can do with us and with uh, people in our church. So uh, just uh, want to encourage you with that little bit. So this week's message, and you know, carrying on our theme of victory this year, um, title of this week's message is Victory Over Bad Choices. So I don't think it matters who we are or our social standing. We've all made choices that we regret. I know I have. Things that we choose to do uh, or, or things that we chose to do that cause embarrassment, uh, financial strain, um, emotional pain, even spiritual disconnection from God can be the result of our bad choices. So it's true that some people never get over a bad choice. Today, I want to offer hope and victory over bad choices. Some people have, a, have an idea that, that they've made a bad choice, made, made a, 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 took a wrong turn in life, and often don't know how to make their way back from that bad choice. So I'm hoping this morning or, or this, you know, when you hear this message that uh, you'll be encouraged, you'll be inspired, you'll be relieved to know that you can have victory over life's bad choices. So I want to limit what I'm talking about to specific choices we make that we can't pin on anyone else. Um, the, the choices that we make that are, that are are our own, that we own. We, we made them ourselves. Uh, they're, our, they're, they're totally our choice. I know very often in life, there is a tendency for people to want to shift the responsibility to somebody else when something goes wrong. Uh, and I guess we're all good at that deflection in life. But uh, specifically, I want us to be honest with ourselves this morning as I speak and uh, um, apply the principles of what I'm talking about to ourselves owning our own choices that have been negative. So that's the context where I want to come from this morning. So when I stub my toe, and I know, you know, I may not be the only person who does this, but what I do is the first thing I think of is who put that there? Uh, like the wall or the dresser that's always been there, but it was my choice to walk my toe right into that place or that spot. Um, yet I will often think, well, who put that there? Well, you know, but it's always been there. So uh, just how I uh, um, uh, navigate my way through life. But in a sense, we don't plan to hurt ourselves. We don't do that by our choices. We don't generally think, well, I'm going to make this choice and it's going to really hurt. We don't go into life like that. But sometimes choices we make have a consequence. Choices we make can hurt us emotionally, spiritually, um, uh, physically, and also financially. There's choices that can have uh, a negative impact upon us. Proverbs 19 verse 3 
in the New Living Translation says this, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness, by their own choices, I'll use the word there, and then are angry at the Lord. Very interesting scripture. But an aspect of life on earth, distinct to humans, is God allows us power of choice. God has always given people the power of choice. And often we choose a path without God, uh, without counsel, and then blame God for where our choices taken us. Unfortunate reality is some choices can take years to recover from. Today, I want to fast track our recovery rate from bad choices. So I'm hoping I can give you some uh, some ideas, some some wisdom that you can apply to your life, to your choices, even the bad choices that we've already made and begin to move beyond those in a very healthy and positive way. So one of the tools our enemy uses against us is to shame us with guilt after a bad choice. Um, guilt is a byproduct of bad choices, if we choose that. Psalm 38 verse 4 says, My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. So guilt that is not dealt with has toxic results. Uh, I'll give you just a few uh, results of of that um, of that burden of guilt. Guilt that is not not dealt with has these uh, three results. Number one, we project onto others what's in us. So uh, a toxic result of guilt is that we start to view other people according to the guilt that is in us, and so we have mistrust. We have we have all kinds of uh, misunderstandings because we're projecting onto others what is really inside of our own heart. Number two is uh, guilt causes people to lie, to cover up and make things worse. So um, because of guilt, we tend to make up stories to try and mask or cover our our, uh, what we're trying to hide. I think that's the best way to describe it. And the third result is uh, we build walls that isolate us from others um, but the, the reason we do that is to, is to hide what's really in us. So guilt holds, holds people hostage um, who, who will allow it to, to have that place in their life. So guilt has a very powerful hold over people if, it, if it's given the, the place of authority. So we need to recognize it and deal with it. So the solution to dealing with guilt is in a spiritual way, in a healthy way, transfers guilt with repentance, with a turning away from the thing that we're trying to hide, the thing that's causing us to feel guilty. So I hope this is making sense to you this morning. But if I can say victory over bad choices starts by divorcing guilt and her three children. Did you like that? I thought it was a bit of a clever little analogy there. But victory over bad choices starts by divorcing guilt and her three children. So Jesus told a story of how to gain victory over bad choices. Um, And we're going to look at some common bad choices from this story that I'm about to read to you. It's found in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. I'll read it out to you. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of the estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. So I'll just stop there 
and look at bad choice number one. Impatience. Impatience and impulsiveness. So that this, this young man said to his father, I want the inheritance before you die. It's a self-satisfying. It's asking for an inheritance before the old man has died. And I think this um, indicates to me the first bad choice that he made was he he reacted to his impatience. He followed the impulse of impatience. So the next verse, verse 13, it says, A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money on wild living. Bad choice number two, reckless decisions. No thought of the future or the consequences. And I guess at different times of our life, depending on circumstances, we can all see there's been times and places and, and decisions that we've made, choices that we've made that have been uh, reckless decisions. Again, impulsive, that, that I think that's a very big factor in, in bad choices that we've made is an impulse um, that we just do things on a whim or, or without really thinking it through. So bad choice number two is reckless decisions. We'll go to verse 14. About that time, his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. So bad choice number three, he scammed his way into a bad job into uh, seeking security in all the wrong places. Now, this choice, uh, above all others, will keep you in the wrong places longer than you need to be. So he, he schemed and he scammed his way into a job that uh, wasn't adequate, scammed his place into, into, a, into, a, into a role that wasn't healthy for him. So I just think of, think of that particular situation uh, um, that... Um, when you, when you scam those things for yourself and you, you seek support from the wrong places, he, 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 he went after support from, from a pig farmer. And uh, I guess you might think in, in your own personal wisdom, well, that's, uh, that's fulfilling a need right now and that, that's, that's really what I'm looking for. But when we place our trust in things other than Jesus, then we, we tend to find we stay stuck in the wrong places for far too long. And we need to separate ourselves from, you know, I, I say this respectfully, no disrespect to any pig farmers out there, but we need to separate ourselves from the pig farms of life that are going to keep us um, contained and trapped in our bad choices far longer than we need to be. So hopefully that uh, that explains that little analogy right there. But I love the next part of the story where we really begin to see victory over the bad choices. So it says in verse 17, when he finally came to his senses, there's something really, really amazing in that point, And hopefully you can catch this today is when he finally came to his senses. And, and we all need to come to this point at various times of our life in dealing with bad choices that we have a mind change. We have a heart change, perhaps, or a, a spiritual revelation of some sort that, that transitions where we've been, where we've been stuck, 
because we've started to think differently. And I think that's the very first key to changing the outcome of bad choices is a mind change. I mean, whether it's a heart change first or a spirit change or a mind change, it's got to change from deep within us. That attitude, when that changes, then I believe uh, everything else, all the outcomes of life can change with that. So when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and, I'm no, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Now, in a normal part of a service right now, I'll be asking the musicians to come. Would you come and join me, begin to play something good? Well, I haven't get, got that uh, uh, luxury today. So you can just imagine some music, turn something on there in the background and uh, enjoy. But uh, I really want to come, come back to that point when he came to his senses. So I'll give you, uh, I think, three little, little pointers here uh, as to how we see he uh, he had victory over these bad choices. Uh, what, what are they? He, well, number one, he admitted his choices had hurt him. He admitted his choices had hurt his father and he admitted his choices had hurt God. So uh, it's like telling yourself, I'm not happy where I am, but I'm here by my choice, but I don't have to stay here. So, so those... Three, three things that I just mentioned there are really, really important. So, but, but he makes a statement. I'll go home to my father. The second thing about uh, having victory over your choices, uh, your bad choices, is make positive choices and return home. He said, in my father's house, there's plenty. There's plenty of everything. In my father's house, there's, there's food enough. There's, there's everything that I could ever want. And here he is living in a pig pen, eating pig's food. And that was out of his own choice. This is, this is the crazy part. The, the third thing we see is he recognized his sin and he turned from it and he repented. He said, basically, he's saying, I've made bad choices, but now I want to go home. So in this unconventional season in, in church and preaching like this, I believe people are going to be coming home to the Father. I really have a great sense as I was preparing this message today that there's going to be people who are who over this next course of months are going to be yearning to make things right in their life with God. And I know if that's you today and you're watching this, that uh, Jesus wants to really touch you. Jesus wants to minister to your heart. There's nothing that you've done or anywhere that you've been, any choice that you've made that can't be bridged by his love. So I want you to see a few things this morning. Um, perhaps uh, you realize you've been living with the hurt of bad choices. Uh, you don't have to, you don't have to carry that forever. You can deal with it right now as I speak. And I want to pray for you um, before we go on. I want to, as I pray, I want, uh, I, I want you to uh, receive some of these things and think of some of these 
choices that you've made that have had a long-term impact, that have affected how you've lived, affected how you've perceived yourself, affected how you've related to other people. Because the bad choices often lead to guilt, often lead to shame and other uh, other life-altering issues that we're best living without. So I want you to be free today. So I want to pray for you this morning and um, we're going to be praying a release of guilt. I want you to begin to picture yourself uh, with Jesus running to you as as a, a loving father. He's opening the gate for you and he wants you to come home. He wants you to, to come back into his into his, um, into his protection, into his yard, so to speak. So why don't we just pray right now? I'd love to pray with you. Perhaps if you if you feel to respond to this, you can just uh, reach your hand out to the screen or whatever it is you're you're watching on, and say, "Jesus, help me. I want to be I want to be free of the, the 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 bad choices. I want to be free of any sense of guilt or or other." things that have uh, come into my mind that have stopped me being everything that I could be. So why don't we just, why don't we, wherever you are right now, just bow your heads and uh, and I'm going to pray for you this morning, uh, morning, evening, whatever it is, where you are right now. So dear Heavenly Father, I just pray today. I pray for people who are, are struggling with the, the bad choices that they've made, uh, perhaps over many, many years ago that are still dealing with today. I, I just release them of guilt. I release them of the pain and the, the hurt, maybe even the, the things that they've struggled with over many, many years and ask Lord Jesus that you take that burden off their life. We speak freedom from bad choices right now in the name of Jesus. Now, amen. There you go. If you've been away from Jesus, I want to give you this opportunity to come home to make things right with him again. Perhaps you've served the Lord. Maybe you've been in church before. I'm not quite sure of your circumstance, but Jesus wants to come and he wants to uh, bring healing to your life. He wants to bring restoration. Now, the word restoration is really, really amazing. The foundational meaning of it is to bring a king back to his throne, to bring a, a, a king, a monarch back to uh, reign again who's been deposed and when we think of restoration we, we often think of you know uh, restoring something that has been uh, neglected well in this case of bringing the king back to his throne is the ultimate restoration that we want to be part of is putting Jesus back in the right place in our life and when we do that that's the the first best choice that we can make that starts to unravel all our bad choices. So I want you to pray with me this morning, this prayer. If you want to make things right with God in your heart and start again. So just pray this prayer with me today. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today, I am born again. I'm not who I used to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this message today. Give us a call if you want further help. Uh, Have a great week and enjoy victory over bad choices. So stick with us, guys. Hope that that, uh, you got something out of today's message. Uh, If you did, let us know. And uh, we just want to constantly improve what we do. And and this is all new to us. But uh, we want to get the message out. We want to see uh, One Heart Church go from strength to strength. Find your 
two other people to, to connect with over the next uh, few weeks and perhaps even months. We're not sure how long this is going to go for. We love you. God bless you. And uh, hopefully we'll be back together soon, bigger and better and uh, fantastic. Stick with it. God bless. Wow, it's been so great to be fed and encouraged by the word of God this morning. We are going to do our best One Heart Church to stay connected with you. This might be by video, text, phone call, email. But if there are areas that we can help in that you're aware of or with somebody that you do know, please reach out, call us, let us know how we can help you more. We want to come out of this stronger than ever and more connected and united um, with our one and only God. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We will have another video message up next Sunday morning. So stay tuned, stay well, stay safe. We love you, church. Talk to you soon.